The adage that the trail will get you in shape is wrong. Here's eight mistakes I've done and I've seen other people do that compromises themselves on the trail. But first up, we gotta get to the difference between doing cardio and building an aerobic base. So cardio involves activities that get your heart rate and your breathing rate up, and everybody usually thinks of like running or cycling. And the biggest mistake I see people do with this is that they just go basically all out, and then they end up burning themselves out. They run for as fast as they can for 30 minutes, and then what do they do the next day? They don't really feel like getting up to run because they're absolutely just bonked. The correct way to build endurance and perform well on these mountain hikes or summits is you have to focus on building your aerobic base. Now, this means training your body's aerobic system, which uses oxygen to produce energy. Examples of this would be long hikes at a comfortable pace or runs that aren't all about sprinting your absolute heart out. No pain, no gain mentality is actually very much detrimental to this style of training because it can lead to injuries and burnout. One tip to know that you're in that zone for building a strong aerobic base is through nose breathing. It might sound a little bit funny, but breathing through your nose can actually increase the amount of oxygen you take in and improve your endurance, but it also denotes that you are actually in the correct heart rate to be doing long volume days. If you really wanna up your game with this, I totally recommend getting a heart rate strap so you can perform a threshold test to determine your anaerobic threshold, which then basically tells you the point at which your body switches from using oxygen to using stored glycogen during exercise. From there, you can develop your heart rate zones, which then you can wear the strap to monitor on your runs or your hikes to make sure that you're training at the appropriate intensity for building your aerobic base. Aerobic base is a ton of volume at a low intensity, so this can sometimes get boring. So I like to switch it up between doing maybe a treadmill, long hikes, zone two runs, or other things like that. Like I said before, I really encourage you to get a heart rate monitor because this enables you to actually keep an eye on your heart rate during training, which can really help ensure that you're training at the correct intensity to build that aerobic base, and you're not doing an intensity that's going to lead to overtraining or under training. I'll leave the strap that I use in the link below and I'll also link up to my watch. Now, the next mistake I see is starting out too hard. I always find that like spring will come around, I'll start to like, I'll try to start slow and like ramp up my mileage, both like hiking and I've been doing some trail running too, although nothing, you know, nothing crazy. And I'll ramp up my mileage and then after like a month, this happened, this has happened like every freaking summer for like the past couple summers. I'll, like after like a month, I'll just get like some little injury, like nothing like Nagging major. Yep, uh, it's yep. not, I'm not breaking my freaking leg or anything like that, but it'll just be some nagging injury that'll make me be like, okay, I need to like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit here. It's so easy to get caught up in the excitement of a brand new challenge and want to push yourself right from the start. But trust me, it is totally not worth it. And that's because pushing yourself too hard can lead to overuse injuries. And now I'm not just saying this from personal experience, although I definitely have learned this lesson the hard way on a bum left ankle that basically bothered me the rest of the hiking season. I'll stand in here in Elk Lake, soaking the ankle. Oh. Feels good. That ankle is bad in the morning. Your body needs new time to adapt to new stresses, and if you push it too hard too soon, you can cause damage that takes a long time to heal. Now, the hardest part about this is starting out slow because it can be super frustrating. You always wanna see results quickly, and it can make you feel like you're not making progress or you're not pushing yourself to your limits. 
but trust me, it's going to be worth it in the long run. Gradual progression here is key, and that means starting at a level that feels manageable and gradually increasing the intensity or duration of your workouts over time. This is gonna ensure that you're building a strong foundation that will help support you throughout your training by building up your ligaments and your joints and your bones to the extra load of training. Now, the next thing people don't do is strength train. This is such a crucial part of being a mountain athlete as it basically bulletproofs you from injury and helps you perform better on steep and uneven terrain. Exercises that target your lower body, such as single leg squats or step ups are particularly important. Doing them one-legged can actually help you improve balance and your stability. My go-to exercises are one-legged deadlifts, BOSU ball exercises, and Frenchies for my upper body. And then another great exercise is hitting that like and subscribe button on my channel. And as a reward, here's my climbing buddy eating an ice cream cookie. The next thing is that people aren't doing mobility. My favorite mobility exercises are called controlled articular rotation or CARS for short. Now they can help you move more fluidly on the mountain because it's taking your joints through a range of motion that you're not used to. As you get stronger, you can even add some weight to your mobility training for an extra challenge. The next thing is altitude. Altitude is such a huge factor in mountain adventures and it's so important to be prepared. I was always underestimating how difficult altitude can be as well as the people that I bring with me, but the better shape that you're in, the easier it's going to be to handle. And I think I am getting some altitude sickness. I haven't really had an appetite at all, really barely eaten anything today, kind of a low-grade headache. My strategies for acclimatization are being in the best shape that you can, staying hydrated with electrolytes, and making sure that you're eating regularly, and usually eat the stuff that you're not too psyched about first because it's gonna be a lot harder to eat later. The next thing is going to be about nutrition, and a lot of people don't ever really think about this. Now, when you're doing these long hikes or climbs, fueling your body with carbs and fats is gonna be super key. For more intense climbs or runs, I opt for fast-burning carbs, whereas the majority of the calories that I eat for a thru-hike come from fat because it's so slow moving. But then after the adventure, you have to make sure you focus on recovery and nutrition to help your body recover faster so you can keep doing bigger miles. Now, especially on thru-hikes where access to nutritional foods is limited, I'd encourage you to bring something like a greens powder and also multivitamins and then also focus on foods with high protein content to help you recover even faster. Now, speaking of that, rest and recovery are also super important components of being a mountain athlete. But the thing I wanna squash here is that rest doesn't mean just doing nothing. You wanna focus on zone one heart rate activities like yoga or going for a walk, which can be great ways to keep moving while still allowing your body to recover. You're basically just getting that blood flowing throughout your body, aiding in recovery. And then if you have access to the sauna, spending time there can help your body relax and recover as well. These are great because they actually provide a zone one cardio workout while also giving you a host of other healthy benefits. You also have to be sure to include cutback weeks in your training plan to give your body a chance to actually fully recover before you start the next training block. The next thing is mental preparation. Now, the mental aspect of endurance activities can be just as challenging as the physical one. One strategy that I absolutely love to do when, I, when I'm in the field is to break down the activity into smaller sections to make it feel more manageable. Never look at an entire thru-hike as from point A to the end at point B. In my thru-hikes, my only goals were to get to the next trail town or, or campsite instead of actually just finish. In my 100-mile run, my goals were to just get to the next aid station. I also absolutely love using affirmations. Now this can look like saying things aloud on the trail or actually just journaling them at night to put them into your subconscious mind. 
All right, I just got out of the gym right now and I actually remembered something else I wanted to talk about with training and that is making sure that you periodize your training. So I touched on this a little bit in the video, but what I mean by this is that you can't train like you're gonna be running an ultra all year round. I mean, you might be seeing Cameron Haynes do this. For me, that is not sustainable and I have other goals that I wanna do at different times of the year. And also for me, it can lead to burnout if I'm doing too much of the same thing at once. I kind of follow what the uphill athlete training program looks like, which is a transition period, a basically a basic strength period, a strength period, and then a specific period. So you can think of this as the transition period being kind of like what your off season would look like. And for me, what that means is that I'm gonna be doing a lot of the things, maybe aesthetic muscle groups, stuff like that. I'm not really worrying too much about zone two runs. This is gonna be stuff for the winter. I'm really not training for any big mountain objectives. However, I will be doing ski touring and things like that that I actually love to do to get my cardio in, but I won't probably be doing as much running as I am now. now as we get into the summer, my, my training is going to resemble what my objectives for the summer are. So if it's through hiking, if it's doing running, if it's ultra running, then I'm gonna be doing a lot of that. However, before that, I'm gonna be doing a lot of strength work, but as we get closer and closer to that event, I'm gonna be, de be decreasing that strength work, going to more muscular endurance work, which is higher reps, and also doing a lot more cardio or zone two runs. Before your objective, you need to have some sort of a taper, at least a two week taper. And what this is going to do is you're going to actually start peaking in your fitness before this objective. And those two weeks are gonna allow your body rest from all this training for you to actually hit the highest level of peak before you go on that objective. This is super hard to do, trust me, I know. I was doing it for my 100 and I felt like a lazy slob, but my performance definitely peaked during that event and it was 100% worth it. Something that the uphill athletes always say is that it's way better to be a little bit undertrained than it is to be overtrained going into any sort of event or objective. I would love to hear what your objectives are this summer. Here is a video that I think you're gonna like next. See you later.